When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Athletic. You're listening to Why Always Us. This is your Manchester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm David Mooney. Joining me is The Athletic City correspondent, Sam Lee. Hi, Sam. Hello, good morning. Good morning, how are you doing? Uh, Enjoying the internationals? Yeah, fine. And the... I've not really seen any. Good. I actually Good. watched Soccer Aid the other night, which is bad, isn't it? Like, because <laughs> I was messaging, I was messaging somebody else about it, and we were talking about it, and I was like, "There's actual international football on right now, but we could be watching." And we we're watching Soccer Aid. Yeah, did, um, didn't even give Brazil Argentina the, the time of day, given what was going on there. I looked. It's on Premier Sports, and who subscribes? For football content in this country that's what i want <laughs> right well uh, while we're on that topic if you want to sign up to the athletic right now you can read all the sam's <laughs> stuff on city including a recent piece on how jesus laporte and bernardo all staying at city could affect the season and if you sign up now you can get 33 percent off the price of a full subscription just go to theathletic.com forward slash man city pod um Mentioned the international, Sam. We're going to take uh, the opportunity this weekend to turn our attention to the academy. Um, we always get lots of questions about the academy throughout the season uh, and the younger age groups and all that sort of stuff. And we very rarely give it much time on the show. Um, so that's the focus for today. Um, first thing let's get into in terms of, of academy players coming through to the first team. Um, I think we. I, it's really weird to start this show about the academy by saying that I think we should dampen expectations a little bit. Um, because we're not saying that any of the players that we're going to talk about today will break into the first team this season. They may be not even named in any of Guardiola's squads. It's simply about... Um, kind of who's who's on the fringes, who's kind of stepping up and who's coming through, that sort of thing. Um, because Guardiola doesn't use that many academy players throughout his... Uh, I mean, historically, going back, even even in League Cup games and, and, and things like that, he doesn't, he doesn't tend to turn to the academy. Um, given that he always talks about fixture congestion and that he always talks about players needing more rest and more substitutes, that sort of thing, why is that? Well... Um... I mean, yeah, in terms of dampening expectations and stuff, it's just kind of a fact, isn't it? And the thing is, like, I think we've realised with media now, and not even just media, but fan culture and whatever, it's like you can you can take one thing, like one fact, and kind of paint it however you want. And like, you could do a whole podcast on, oh, what's the point in having all these young kids and never get opportunities? Or you could do a whole podcast on, look at the great work the City do, producing so many kids that, could and should play at a top level like it depends entirely on what your agenda is whenever so i've probably written i don't know five or six fairly detailed academy pieces over the last year and i'll just try to just just like state the facts of it you know with no kind of agenda one way or the other um and yeah i mean part of it is the fact of the matter is as we've seen it is very difficult to break into the city team but while you might have fans of rival clubs or whatever saying oh well you know, what's the point if they don't play or you know they're never going to make it, and or whether they blame Guardiola or say they're not good enough or whatever, it's like it's just City's got it's just a really high bar. Like if you think about when I don't know, like Rashford got into the United team, like all the strikers got injured, and United didn't have a particularly strong squad. Like 
when Chelsea, like Chelsea had that transfer ban and the youngsters got in and like Mount's the only one that's that's still there stayed in regularly yeah. anyway so it's like there's obviously you need a bit of luck you need opportunities but City's whole policy over the last few years is just to have like an extremely strong squad with two internationals per position and you get to the stage of an 18 year old needs to be able to contribute as much as a 25 year old or 60 caps and it's almost impossible and that then answers your question about why Guardiola doesn't um, use young players too much even you know so Carabao Cup you know when City played Burton everyone was oh, I'll play all the kids and it was like I, can't, I mean I can't remember what the team actually was but when it was 9-0 it was just an incredibly strong team that would probably be put out you know for a, a weekend home game against like Southampton at home or something yeah because um, obviously so the one thing is he takes everything very seriously so he doesn't want to risk dropping any competition, even the the Carabao Cup, which he always says is the fourth most important, but he still wants to win it. And in terms of, yeah, using the young players, I think it's probably quite, I don't know if it's ironic, but it probably shows how he's changed a bit because, um, well, maybe he hasn't. But anyway, when he came through at Barca and when he came into City, people were like, oh, he's going to play young players because he brought Pedro and Busquets through at Barca and there was other Barca Academy graduates who came through who didn't have the same impact, but did play in the... In some big games, and I remember some some youth um, Barca players scored another five nil win against Real Madrid. And then at Bayern, there weren't too many, but people said, "Look at the work he did with Kimmich and and things like that." But obviously, at City, I, just, I, I see. I'm always torn on this anyway. Like, how much how much would we expect? Yeah, because well, uh, like, the, the, the other side, Foden could be one of the best players in the world. Not enough. Like, but the, you, you yeah. could have four or five. But there's like the one that there is. It's huge. Um, but the, but the, other mean, side, the other side for City as well is like when Guardiola arrived at City, the, the academy setup had, the, it, it was still it was still fairly new in, in, in its... It, it in was its, fairly, yeah. And because it wasn't like, oh, well, it's been since 2008, the takeover. Yeah. So that was, you know, that was 10 years. Obviously, it would have been eight at that point anyway. But it was only around the time they kind of started doing the CFG, started drawing up the CFG plans, which yeah. were, I can't remember now, but like 2013, 14-ish, that they were like, right, we need to invest in this academy. But the way they did it then, which I explained in an article recently, was for um, to basically go and buy players from around Europe. And now that that's worked quite well in the sense of these are still players playing at a top level. So Kelechi Inacho, who's doing really well, obviously, at Leicester. So he's still playing in the Premier League, a like top five club last season. Um, Angelino obviously is doing well at a top club in Germany um, Brahim just got a permanent move to AC Milan so that did have success but you're right so when Guardiola came in it was like those were kind of the players um, that he was that he had to work with and there were opportunities at the start I mean Alex Garcia played played in some some Premier League games I don't think he started but I remember he, he came on I think he came on against Middlesbrough in that one old draw and it didn't go particularly well just for the whole team and then that that was a struggle. Um, so yeah, exactly. There, there's there's loads of different reasons for it. Um, but like, like I say, like you, you could go down the route of our oh, Guardiola doesn't trust youth or whatever. But I think it's just the fact of the matter is they've got like, there's there's no gaps in the squad really. And maybe this season, you know, there is actually with with Liam Delap and the number nines. That's the closest I can think to a gap in the squad. Yeah. Thing is, the other one you've got is probably a left back. But there's not there's not well, there's not any left backs at the moment that's thought of as, okay, this guy's going to go into the first team. Do you know what I mean? Because there's there's some 
midfield, there's, there's a holding midfielder, there's a couple of attacking midfielders, um, there's Luke and Bette, you can play centre back. Um, but you know, there's there's no kind of left backs in that in that area. Yeah. Um so there's just so many different reasons for it, but it's just it's the fact of the matter is the bar is so high. Um the young players need to be incredibly good. And like they're really like they're really good for their age, but for their age isn't quite enough when the standard is you gotta win all four trophies. Yeah. And and in terms of the change in Guardiola, because going back to Barca, he probably he knew what those players were capable of and they fit his style exactly. He'd worked, he'd worked with a lot probably, of them before though, hadn't he? That was, that was the thing. Yeah, exactly. He'd, he'd worked with them. So Pedro and Busquets, he had no doubts about um, and the game he wanted to play, um, they were perfect for it. So that, so that was a no-brainer. Um, but obviously at Bayern, it would have been different then because you've got a lad going through playing, you know, well, just a different style. Just whether I was going to say traditionally German or whatever, just a different style. Um, but obviously at City now, again, which was in this article recently about the change in approach, the whole coaching philosophy is like exactly the same as in the first team. So any kid who's been there, especially from like the age of 8, 10, 12, whatever, the only real coaching they've ever known is the exact same stuff that Guardiola wants. So we don't know how much longer Guardiola is going to be around. But at the moment, he can take a youngster and they do know exactly what he wants to do. It's then just about you know consistency, yeah. um, ability to perform in front of fans. Like... With Sam Adozi when he played at Wembley, that was the first time he played in front of a proper crowd, and it was Wembley. Like, and I, I've heard it said not in City context. I can't even remember who it was, but I just remember hearing somebody say, "I think it might have been old pros talking," but they were like, "It's it's difficult, you know. It's a big thing for young players to learn how to play in front of a crowd because obviously you come through with academy games and under 18s is kind of training ground. Obviously under 23, there's, there can be a bit more when the stadiums are open, but it's a, it's a fairly small crowd." Then going and playing in big stadiums in front of a crowd is is another part of it. So yeah, there's all those little things there where they've got the coaching element now because the academy's set up in that way, where most of the influential coaches at City have been there for like eight or nine years themselves, or five or six at least. And it, in the younger, you know, when they're when they're bringing in kids who are six, seven, eight, and they sign their contract at under nines those people you know they've been there for a lot more than 10 years yeah. so there is that consistency there which helps get these players ready but then it, it just comes down to opportunity so i know that was a massive answer but obviously it but it, it's it all encompassing. so many yeah it, yeah exactly that's just kind of the, the state the state of play at the whole place really i'm gonna um, i'm gonna come be, back to the... bits off, yeah there'll be bits i've forgotten which we'll go back to in other answers and there'll be there'll be players that highlight specific examples that we'll get to well, yeah. now I'm guessing. Well, I'm going to come back to the loan thing in a second. Um, first off, I've just got the team up for that Burton game, and it's hilarious <laughs> when, you, when you look back yeah. at it. Uh, Murich, Walker, Garcia. Uh, Murich and Garcia are the, the two rotated players in there. Uh, because after that, it's Otamendi, Zinchenko, De Bruyne, Gundogan, Silva, Mares, Gabriel Jesus, Sane. Uh, and off the bench came Danilo, Bernardo Silva and Foden. <laughs> That is ridiculous, isn't it? Well, that, th- there we go. You know, what I was saying there was a, there was there was definitely a thing among the fan base and probably journalists as well, to be fair, of saying, "Oh, you know, you can play the kids in this one," um, and obviously Foden because that was peak kind of getting Foden, Foden on. on. Yeah. He should be playing more minutes. That kind of thing, wasn't it? Um, and look, the way Guardiola's handled Foden, you could argue has been perfect um, because of the way you know he wasn't overexposed and he's coming through and he's playing brilliantly now and he is able of performing at a high level but it was a slow process wasn't it I mean the the thing with that and devil's advocate is look, maybe if he'd chucked him in at the deep end when he was 17 and played him every week maybe he'd be an even better player maybe he'd have more England caps maybe he'd have more goals but then you never know how it's going to affect him 
later in life, you know. And ultimately, when Foden was coming through, what they had to take into account was his kind of size. Um, so Sam Adozi, who I've already mentioned, he's obviously he did well in preseason. He played at um, the Community Shield. He's been injured basically since then, so he's not played in any of the academy games. But one of the questions I get asked now is, will Adozi play in the first team? And you know, for reasons we've pretty much already discussed. Probably not, because you know you've got Foden, Sterling, and Grealish on the left. So I mean, it just, it just tells you everything, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but in terms of Adozi and those, so I mentioned the five players who who were thought of as you know will be around the first team and could you know playing League Cup matches. So that's Delap. Um, Palmer's already gone up, um, but James McAtee, who's been great for the under twenty threes already, um, Romeo Lavia, um, and Luke Mbete. Um, but Adozi's the same age group, but in terms of Adozi's kind of maturation, he's a bit of a late developer. So he was always seen as being one of you know the next, you know, the 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 group below that who were a bit younger to come through because it's not just about age, it's about you know physicality, your biology, yeah. your biology and it's different. And that that brings me back to Foden because Foden obviously, you know, people are thinking, oh well, you know, Rooney played at this age, or Fabregas played at this age, or Barry or whatever, or Milner. But um, just he was so slight, and he is still so slight, isn't he? But obviously now is kind of the you know the maturation's there, and he knows how to use his body and stuff. But before it was just the physicality, and also just like the fitness to be able to play those big men's games. I remember I actually made a joke because there was a game against Arsenal around Christmas a couple of seasons ago. It was when De Bruyne nearly got a hat trick, I think, in the first half, and he was phenomenal. And Foden played, and he was really good. And I joked on Twitter saying, oh, better take him off now. They got Oxford in the week. But they actually did take him off. And I found <laughs> out that, that they did take him off to play against Oxford because physically he couldn't play two 90 minutes in like three days at that yeah. point. So he was probably, I'm trying to think when his birthday is, he, was probably, he might have still been 18. He might have still been 17 then, possibly 18. But either way, saying that age is less helpful than looking at, his body at that point so they were like okay we do need to take him off against Arsenal so he can play more minutes against Oxford and that was part of the consideration and there's there's so many things there's so many things that go into that so it's not just all this, all the stuff I said earlier about um, having so many quality players in the way it's like are, are they ready to come in and, and contribute that way anyway so Guardiola's handling of Foden it's, it's certainly gone really well hasn't it and yeah, yeah. hopefully you would think because he's protected him so much there shouldn't be any kind of element of burnout later in his career yeah, I mean the, the other the other side of Foden, um, and I'm interested to get your thoughts on this because obviously Jadon Sancho moved away from City and and got first team football at, at Borussia Dortmund. Um, but those two, they were really close, weren't they? In the academy, they were pushing each other. Yeah, big time. Well, there's a um, there's an example that people talk about a lot in the academy to, to kind of sum up how they pushed each other on. And I put this in an article about Sancho earlier in the year when City played Dortmund. Um, but basically, they were doing a bleep test, the City. It, I, I don't know if it was maybe under 18 at that point. They were doing a bleep test, uh, and it was like it got to the stage where everyone had long since dropped out. Should I explain what a bleep test is? I'm sure everybody's pretty much aware. But you've got, is it 20 metres? Yeah, it's, just, it's a From distance. one line to yeah. the other, and yeah, and the, the bleeps get closer together, so you've got to go faster and faster, but obviously you're knackered. So it's a real, it's a proper draining, grueling fitness exercise. Um, but yeah, so everyone had basically dropped out, and those two were still going, and apparently it was going on for ages. And they were both like, did a deal with each other, like, I'll go on, you know, you drop out on the next one, and I'll drop out on the next one. And they were like, okay, yeah. And like, neither of them did. You know, they just kept, they just kept going and going. I think 
I think they had to just. I think the coaches just said, "All right, we're stopping now because you two just never gonna are never gonna quit." Um, and they they would just put each other on loads because obviously Foden had been at the academy for his whole life, and then Sancho came in when he was fourteen from Watford. Um, so we're probably talking six or seven years ago, and there was just a kind of you know how the best players normally are. It's okay this. So Phil would have been thinking, okay, well, this new guy's come in and he's good, so I'm going to raise my game as well. So they push each other on. I think there's a there's a similar situation in the under 16s now. Um, pe- some people might have seen this on one of the aggregators, but City signed, a, I think he's 16, a centre back from Southampton called Max Elaine, um, and he's come in and and he's he's very highly rated, and I think Chelsea wanted him, but City kind of pushed the boat out to get him. Um, and apparently the other centre backs in the under sixteens are like, oh God, this guy's here now. We'd better we better knuckle down. Even though he's injured, he's not played yet. Um so that, you know, that that's a normal thing. And so Foden, yeah, Foden and Sancho always used to push each other and they always used to like they all wanted to match each each other's achievements. And obviously they were in the same youth teams, which were you know, incredible incredible to watch. Obviously they were in this the same England setup. I think Sancho had to leave early, didn't he, at that under seventeen World Cup in India. He left after the group stage because he was already at Dortmund at that point, I think so. Um, but the, yeah, they just, they just pushed each, each other on so much, and it's funny actually because I was speaking to somebody the other day, and they said, "Look, Sancho's back in the Premier League now." And he goes, "So we'll see more from Phil." You know, he, he goes, "I'm sure he'll step up now because he won't want Sancho coming back in Manchester and being the top dog." You know, Phil will want to go to the next level as well, and that's not you know they don't dislike each other; they get on great. Like they those two. They 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 weren't like really close mates because the thing about why they kind of stood out above some of the others, even though there's a lot of talent in those teams, like you know, young players everywhere. They you know they can not. This isn't tarring all of them with the same brush, but it's it's easy to kind of believe your own hype a bit. Do you know what I mean? And you can rent out apartments and have parties and stuff. Yeah. But where they, where those two kind of stood out was Foden, you know, famously would just go fishing with his dad. He was never that bothered about going out that much. Um, I don't know, maybe that's changed now, I don't know. Um, but he was never that bothered. He always just wanted to focus on his on his football. He was always quiet. And Sancho, to be fair, he was obviously lo- loads more outgoing and a bit more of a Jack the Lad. So they were very different characters. But Sancho would always just go back to London. Um, I think Taylor Richards, who was in the academy, he was from London as well. So they'd just travel back to London, go and see their friends down there, go and see their family and stuff. So they were always kind of apart from a lot of the other team anyway in in the spare time, but almost just like ultra, ultra focused on on football. And that's why they've they've always pushed each other on. And it, pushed each other on. And I, uh, when I was told that the other day about um, Sancho pushing on Foden now by coming back to Manchester and going to United I thought that was really interesting yeah um, although uh, what I was thinking was how could you possibly gauge that so whenever Foden comes <laughs> back and let's say let's say he has a great season like you would just say well he's had another season and I'm sure everyone's expecting him to be great when he gets back in the team anyway so it's hard it's hard to know that but I guess he'll gauge it though won't he um, yeah quite quite possibly um, but the thing is you know you know what he's like he's so kind of determined to play in always got you know it loves loves playing football it's a similar kind of thing to what they say about Grealish you know always got a football is his feet loves playing always wants to play so I'm sure he'd be you know um 100% focused on on doing his job anyway but yeah it's interesting that that's a little extra yeah. motivation and it's not even I, I, I can't even say it's something to look out for and I probably won't write an article on it or probably mention it in something but it's not one of those things that's going to be like a major, major factor, is it? Because, you know, Foden's got so many other 
driving driving factors behind him um so yeah and uh, i can't wait for phone to come back i'm not sure exactly <laughs> where i'm not sure exactly where he is honestly i think him and Grealish are going to be so slick in yeah. their link up and like the Grealish will link up well with everyone and like when sterling's back in the team i'm sure he'll be the same but it's just the way they the way they kind of glide across the pitch and their one touch play is it's going to be so good but i'm looking forward to, to Foden coming back I, i'm not sure exactly when that is because it, in the academy recap i did at the at the weekend um talking about there was a so the kids who didn't go well i say kids you know under 18s under 23s the the ones that didn't go with their countries um they they trained with fernandinho jesus and de bruyne because obviously they didn't go with their countries um and that was just apparently it was just a really good experience for them because they those three senior players in particular they were they were just really helpful and really, yeah. just really good with them in the sessions and stuff and you can just imagine that um providing a huge boost and pro- i mean i'm not sure if this is exactly the case but you probably imagine that the ones who weren't with countries were probably the ones who haven't had too much first team exposure yet so like to get that in a week where i could i'd imagine it's normally pretty quiet around the training ground to get that with those guys in particular and fernandinho is so good with the youngsters anyway like i remember hearing about how I think it was one of the games when Delap played with the first team last year. It might have been against Leicester. Um, I think he might have. There might have been one cross into the box, and he, and he headed it. And I think maybe this was in training. And I'm getting it wrong, um, but I think it was in the game. And then afterwards, or in training the next day, or whatever, or the day after, Fernandinho said, "Why did you head that then?" He was like, "You had." He goes, "You're good enough to bring it down. You got space to bring it down. You could have chested it and had a shot, and it, stuff like that." You know, Fernandinho is really good at that kind of thing, anyway. So I can only imagine how he was with these with these lads last week. So, yeah. so well, that's, I, a, I wanna, that's a good thing. I want to pick up on that thread. Oh, so um, yeah. Well, because... what was, my, my point being there was Foden wasn't involved in that training, yeah. so I don't know if he was doing his own thing. But I, I guess, and I'm, I've not checked this out with anyone around Phil, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure where he is. Exactly, but he wasn't involved in that anyway. At least, so he, he, yeah. it might not be like he's ready to go straight back into training, or maybe they're waiting to bring him back in when, yeah, you know, maybe that you know maybe this week is his recovery schedule. And he starts on Monday, yeah. Um, but he he wasn't there then, so yeah. Hopefully, he'll be back as soon as possible. Watch this for tying a few topics that we've talked about together right now, because um, <laughs> I want to I want to pick up on what you were saying about training with the first team because. Um, there's there's long been a feeling that when you are loaned away from City in the uh, as a youngster, that's generally it for your City career. In that you you mm. generally get you have a couple of loans and then you're sold to to another club. And there was calls when Foden was coming through for you know he needs to be getting more minutes. He needs to go on loan and and, and get some first team football and really develop. And Guardiola was adamantly dead against it. Um, he'd get more value for training with the first team, that sort of thing. Um, but last season there was the whole issue with COVID as well around the squad, and and I, I remember reading in a piece of yours about um, there there being fewer players sent out on loan because they were worried that there could be a COVID outbreak and they may be needed around around the first team squad as well. Um, you were saying about uh, first team about the the first team training sessions basically being sparse when the players are on international duty, so there's opportunities to to train with players like De Bruyne and Fernandinho and Laporte there. Um, but then you look at, at some of the players who have gone on loan this uh, the, the, over the course of this this season. Uh, Tommy Doyle, nineteen now, uh, is on loan at Hamburg. But I, I, I was interested to read in your piece this week about how that's actually seen as quite a good thing for him. Yeah, well, I mean, look, there's as humans, we always try to see the 
well, I know there's a lot of pessimistic people out there, myself included, but we always try and see the best in a situation, don't we? But um, the thing is, so all those things you mentioned there, which, you know, I've, I've kind of said before, and that's from the people involved at City. And there's another interesting element, which I only kind of discovered recently. Um, but like, so on a day after a match day when there's training, you know, it's just a regeneration session and it's only the subs who didn't get on who are involved but then you know that might only be four or five players so then if you've got people like Doyle and Harwood Bellis around as well and you know really real quality 18 19 year olds who are committed and and you know are really pushing for a chance then that makes the sessions a bit more competitive as well and it and the way it's talked about in the academy is there's those players then have a an impact on the older players so like and look, maybe this is just things that people in the academies like to say. I don't know, but it sounds legit to me. Like the kind of successes then of the first team players that's been impacted on having, you know, that's been impacted by having those quality young players around. Um, so that was part of it. And and again, it probably goes back to Guardiola gearing everything towards winning trophies. Like part of part of the reason last year, definitely why. Howard Bellis only went out on loan late, having rejected offers earlier in the month of January, was because they were like, okay, we might have another COVID outbreak. But obviously, Eric Garcia was still there, and he didn't go to Barca in January, did he? So, like, okay, we have actually got cover there. They got the four, they had the four centre backs, and they had Garcia, um, and and they had Fernandinho. So it was like, okay, Howard Bellis can go on loan. But they were like, okay, if there's another COVID outbreak, we don't have that many midfielders, so they kept yeah. Doyle around. So. That that was part of it, and that contribution that they can make to the first team just by being there. Um, but another part of it is, and I, I didn't really realize this, so I think I was going to write about it in January and just be like, "Well, they're not going out on loan because you know the best players are, are kept around." Is it is it anything um, on on style of play though? Because like just in terms of of going out on loan, let's let's take Foden as the example. If you if you send Phil Foden off to to play in a Championship side, for instance, a couple of, a couple of years ago, he's not playing in the way that City play, and it doesn't aid his development yeah. towards how how he'll come in at City. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, although. Ultimately, like nobody's going to play football in a in a kind of Guardiola way anyway. So, and like that's that would be the case for Doyle and and Harwood Bellis now. And I, I remember seeing some of companies underlect early on, and they did play like a well out from the back kind of thing. Um, but y- yeah, you're not going to get that. So, but I think basically uh, the fundamental difference, if we make an overall point, is the fact that while a lot of the players we've mentioned already are like excellent prospects like it's no I don't know it, it's no kind of shame to not be as good as Foden and I think the the point we could make with Foden is this guy could genuinely be one of the best players in the world like he's genuinely an amazing footballer and an amazing talent and like while the other guys are, are really good players like Foden is just it's, it's, it seems so harsh to say it in absolutes but he's just better do you know what I mean he's just and I might I might be wrong. Maybe just that he's had more opportunity. Maybe Guardiola took a shine to him for a particular reason. But I think Phil's just an amazing prospect, and yeah. like, that's why I think everybody at City always knew and thought and hoped that Foden would have a, a career in the first team all the way through because his talent stood out from like such an early age. Whereas obviously the other guys, they're like really good players, and that like, people at the City Academy talk about certain players like Samadozi, even though you know he's not quite there in terms of physical maturation to get into the first team yet in, uh, in terms of training that often they talk about him being like a, a Premier League player 
and even Delap. Like Delap may be a, a Premier League player, and maybe with the opportunities this year, he'll he'll get some, and he'll he'll keep scoring the goals. And his physicality, perhaps, is he's obviously a bigger guy than than Phil was. So maybe he could play more games, and maybe by the end of the season, we'll be talking about Delap in the first team regularly. But we'll have to see there because obviously Guardiola goes with the false nine quite often. Yeah, and there's Torres now. Um, so yeah, it's just part of, the, part of it is just Foden's just. Next, next, less, next level, and these guys are really good. But yeah, so the the assumption I would have made about them going out on loan was no, the best guys stay at City. But it's more about opportunities that they can get at City. So by January last year, Doyle and Harwood Bellet had played quite a lot of games in the Carabao and League uh, and, and FA Cup, hadn't they? So even going back a couple of seasons, I remember a game at Preston where City wore that yellow and pink kit in the September. So that might have been 2019. And Harwood Bellis, um, you know, played against Preston at centre-back. And, you know, Doyle played against Southampton probably the same season in the next round at home. Um, I remember they both they both played against Cheltenham last year. I think they probably both got seven or eight first-team appearances between them. And obviously in this City team, with all the stuff we said earlier about the high bar, that's quite a, that's, that's that's an achievement it, for their age group. It, it's an achievement for sure, and also it's it's probably about as much as you're going to get at this point, because again, if you look at the centre backs, we're, we're, the thing is now we're not even talking about Nathan Ake, are we? We're talking about Diaz, Laporte, and Stones, and Ake costs forty million and is a really good top level Premier League player. Do you know what I mean? So like that's the that's the level. Um, so yeah. So what it came down to with those two going out on loan, and if it wasn't for the possibility of a COVID outbreak, then Doyle probably would have gone in in January as well. Um, but it's because they had all those opportunities open to them, whereas Delap and Palmer, they've played one or two games, haven't they? Like Delap played against Bournemouth in the League Cup last season, and Palmer played against Burnley. Um, in terms of starts, I think that's all I can remember in terms of last season. So those two have still got things to achieve at City and that, and that goes further back so it's like when you're 16, 17 you're playing the under 18s you know playing up an age group is is common everywhere that's just how they do it um, quite often for most players and then you've got 18, 19 year olds particularly at City playing in the under 23s so you're playing against big physically developed guys there and obviously in the under 23 leagues you can play I can't remember how many it is but a certain amount of you know seniors you know, if somebody's coming back from injury um, for Liverpool or something, they could, for argument's sake, put Thiago in on a on a on a Friday night for the under twenty threes. You know what I mean? Obviously, he's, he's probably not the biggest bruiser I can think of off the top of my head, but you, you, you're playing against blokes there at the age of eighteen, nineteen, um, and then the next stage of the development is training regularly with Pep. So, you, although all the coaching syllabus is pretty much the same stuff all the way through, when you're training with the actual Pep and you're training with the top players. That's going to be something it's for you different. to learn from. Yeah, it is different. And then, and then you're playing in matches. And then it gets to the point, like so, like I say, my assumption in January was, well, these are the best rated guys, so they're going to stay. But it's like there's no real opportunities now because of how this, the squad is. And um, they've kind of achieved a lot at City and basically as much as they can at this stage. So the next thing is going out on loan. Um, and again, something something I discovered recently about how the loans work is sometimes, and this was in my academy recap over the weekend, but sometimes players will go out to a league where it's expected that they can do really well. 
you know, it, it might it's, it probably it might not push them one hundred percent. But obviously, you've got a new environment anyway. So you're going from coming from the city academy to a new club that's not in your comfort zone. You know, you're playing with seniors, you're playing against seniors, and you're playing in you know traditionally quite tough leagues to play in. So it does push you, but it's probably a level where technically, once you're you know you've got the physicality to match and the obviously the the technique to match, you could probably stand out quite well. So Morgan Rogers last season, for example, he was at Lincoln and did really well. Um, and they obviously identified Lincoln. Oh God, I can't remember the the coach's name now. Um, but the Lincoln coaches. The Lincoln coach there played plays good football. Now he's, I think he's got cancer at the moment, um, so I think he's had to step away. But that's that's why City like using him, and it's also why they've sent players to Rochdale in the past because Brian Barry Murphy, who's now the under twenty three coach, played the kind of football that City want. So you've got that. But obviously Rochdale and and Lincoln might not be the best best level. So when Morgan Rogers went there, did really well, seemed to be scoring all the time. That was kind of not unexpected at City. But now he's got his second one, which is at Bournemouth. And now obviously Bournemouth are thinking promotion back to the Premier League. They're at the top end of the championship. Obviously a notoriously very tough league, physical, but you know there's quality teams in there as well. Very demanding in terms of the schedule. So that first loan to the second loan is is a big is a big jump up. Um, Callum Doyle, who's seventeen, he's gone to Sunderland. I, I was going to ask obviously, about him because he's he's in a similar situation, great, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, so he's seventeen, but in terms of being a first loan, okay, it's in League One. Um, so I, I don't know. Maybe for arguments that you could have said he'd gone to a, a Championship team, but the thinking is Sunderland are a really big club, so there's expectation there. Big stadium, you know, potential for a lot of fans in. I don't know what their average gate's like at the moment. Maybe it's had a bit of a resurgence after COVID and people wanting to go back. But, you know, big stadium, playing in front of big crowds, um, big expectation. They they have a lot of the ball. So in terms of possession, you know, they're playing the right kind of style. Um, and it's better to go and play maybe at League One, which isn't the best level, than is in the championship. Whereas a 17-year-old ball playing centre-back might not play that often. So that's his kind of first loan. So it's still a tough one. And obviously, yeah, then with Doyle, you've got the... the so it's the second division in Germany and people probably would have been thinking, and, and maybe wrongly, but people might have been thinking he could have gone to a Premier League team. You know, he could have gone to Southampton for argument's sake and played a similar thing to James Ward-Prowse. Or <laughs> God knows they need but, the players right now as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but even if not, you know, Blackburn have had a lot of City players yeah, yeah. recently. Um I don't know, Stoke, loads of Premier League, sorry, Championship clubs, maybe trying to get back into the Premier League, so top end. People would have been thinking, oh, they could have taken it. And you start thinking, second division in Germany, what's all that about? But it's a similar thing to Sunderland. So he's at Hamburg, so obviously, I bet people probably didn't realise that they were in the second division when they first saw he'd gone there. Because again, it's a big club. They've been down there since 2018 now, so it's been a while. But they've got big expectation, a load of fans. So again, it's like Sunderland, you can see you can see how that works. Um, and somebody else said it, it's a sign of the faith that they've got in Doyle. And their sporting director said, you know, they've been keeping an eye on him for a long time and he's a player they like. And, you know, he's, he's a very mature performer, which he is. He's a very mature player. So they're thinking, obviously, you've got the the aspect of going to a new country, new language. There's, I'm sure there's English speakers in the team, but then there's no English guys in the team. You know, they're mostly German, a um, couple of Portuguese at least. Um so that's another thing for him to adapt to. But somebody said it shows how much they must rate him because German clubs, although they take a lot of English guys at the moment because they see 
quality English players with not many opportunities in the Premier League. Because you think about, we're talking about City, oh, maybe not too many opportunities. And you think, oh, maybe United have given more and maybe Chelsea have in recent years and Arsenal, but obviously Arsenal, they haven't got top quality in the team, have they? So you need to bring players through. Um, but in Germany, look at that, that Dortmund team, they're playing 16, 17-year-olds all the time and like two or three in the same team. So in Germany, you get a lot more opportunities and they're obviously taking a lot of English players for that. But they're generally wingers, aren't they? So the fact that they've taken Doyle as a central midfielder, and okay, it's a second division, goes to show how much they believe in his technical ability to play through the middle. Um, and obviously Bellingham's gone, and that kind of goes to show how good you need to be to be picked up by a German club as an English central midfielder. So yeah, it's a really interesting one for Doyle, and I hope to get out there and 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 watch him. Um, in well, I'd imagine it would just be one game, but I'd like to go and see him. And I, ideally, I'd like to go and see Harwood, Bellis, and Doyle in the same weekend to see how they're getting on. Um, but obviously with COVID tests and stuff, the price of travel is mad, isn't it? But yeah, um, yeah it'll be interesting to see how, how they get on. But that's kind of the thinking behind how the loans work and some of the logic there. Yeah, I just, just want to go I back mean, to as just, well. Just, just, on, on, just before we, well, we're still on the loans, um, just on, on the lap as well, because there were talk that, I mean, I thought he'd, he'd gone to Stoke the, over the over the transfer window and yeah. he hadn't. So, I mean, is, is that again around the thinking that, that simply City don't have a centre forward, there might be an opportunity there at some point and he can try him with the first team, that sort of thing? Yeah, well, I mean, I'd, I'd asked about it kind of on and off during the the summer and obviously I was kind of for a while I didn't ask probably for a month I didn't ask because I thought well it's just going to come down to whether City get Kane or not and then it'd be easier to make that decision but then so when he got the new contract I heard about it on the the day before it was announced so I was asking around going I've already signed a new contract is it going to be one of those where he gets a new contract and goes on loan I think I've got deja vu so maybe I've said this already Um, because you know City have done that before haven't they they said so and so signed a new four-year deal with the club and he's gone on loan to so-and-so for the season. Um, but the answer was no, not heard anything about a loan. But also he's, he's still injured at the moment. And again, in terms of news on aggregators, that like literally five minutes after I had that conversation, I saw on the aggregators that Liam Delap's back in full training. So this was probably two or three weeks ago. But the conversation I just had was he's still out for another month. So I'm not, I'm still not sure what the determining factor was on whether he's, on why he didn't go out on loan yet anyway. Um, whether it was because he's going to play, because they didn't get Kane, because they were thinking they were going to get Kane or whatever, or whether he was just injured. So, yeah, with Delap, I don't, I don't know the the full reason why he he didn't go on loan in the end. But it it I don't know. Like like you say, the Stoke thing did really seem to be a go. And I've seen a rumor recently that he could still go in in January if he's not in the first team, and that makes sense, I guess. Mm. Um, but yeah, at the moment he's just injured and. He's got that to come back from. Yeah. Uh, Michael Appleton, by the way, uh, the Lincoln manager. That's that, it. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's it. They, yeah, they, they send in, they, yeah, they, they send to certain Premier League clubs because of managers with, with styles. And yeah, Michael Appleton's one. Yeah. Uh, you wanted to go back to something before we moved on? <laughs> yeah, just, just in terms of playing up an age group. Um, so, like, so Foden didn't play up an age group for a lot. No, there was a lot of times when he was playing against older kids and he was standing out against older kids, and especially in, you know, when he was just playing around where he grew up. He was playing against adults and stuff, you know, just in casual games. But there were times when, because of that physical maturation, it, it didn't make sense to play him up an age group. And that's been the case with, I think it can change by position. So gen, generally, I don't know if it's just a city thing or, or across academies, but attacking midfielders, kind of number eights, number tens, I don't want to say generally, but 
sometimes or often don't get played up because I think the logic is at that age and because some of them could be quite slight. So you think of Ben Knight, for example, and Cole Palmer's shot up now, but he, w- he wasn't always big. Um, and, and McAtee as well. They're all kind of little engineer kind of players floating around. And to to play in that kind of position in that kind of age, you need to have freedom. You need to be confident. Not so much time on the ball, but you just need to be, I don't know, you just need the, the conditions to suit you a bit better. You know, if you're getting buffeted around left, right and centre, you know, your performances can can dip a bit. And then your confidence dips a bit, and then you, your whole progression dips a bit. You know, if you're not happy playing football at that kind of age, then it, it might not be great. You know, you know, some kids might just say, you know, that's what made them. You know what I mean? That might be what spurred them on. Yeah. But it's generally not ideal, is it? So, a lot of those kind of players don't play up an age group. They're kind of kept in the age group they should be at, or maybe even held back if they're especially small. Um. And then, but then obviously that lets their technique develop. And then once their technique developed and they're more confident, then they go, they, you know, they carry on and, and they play up an age group. So it's a similar thing happened with McAtee when he was under 15s. Like he wasn't as physically developed as a lot of his other teammates. And he, his performances dipped a bit. But obviously, City were like, well, this guy's really good because they kind of they can identify technique and game intelligence and stuff and, you know, maturity and stuff beyond the physical capacity. So they're like, well, he's obviously still got these abilities, but it's a bit of a difficult period now. So they stuck by him. And obviously now he's doing really well. And hopefully we'll see him in a, in a league cup game soon. Um, but Ben Knight, for example, I think Ben Knight was pushed up an age group. Um, and he, his, he came with a big reputation. I think he met Pochettino and Spurs really wanted him and city paid a decent price for him. Obviously he's gone alone to crew now. Um, but he he kind of struggled a, a little to kind of live up to to that expectation when he came in. I think it was because he was he was pushed up an age group, and he probably had that element of he just found it a bit harder against older, bigger opposition. And I, I don't know, I, I don't want to say he went into his shell a bit because I don't know if that's the case. But you could easily imagine you know, that's a, how it went. Yeah, a small a smaller, talented player not able to show their their best. You know, you, you wouldn't be in the best frame of mind, would you? So that's that's kind of a difference there. And obviously, he's gone out on loan. So it, it just goes to show all these little things that we've talked about. And look, these are just things I've picked up having conversations with people involved around, not just the City Academy, but other academies as well. So And like, they've got a whole wealth of knowledge that I haven't even got access to yet. You know, I've not had those conversations. And just I'd like to think over the last 40 minutes, you get an idea of just how much goes into you know, making it as a as a player at City or any level, really. And like I said, yeah. there, there'd be so much more beyond that as well, just beyond these examples that I've got. I just want to finish uh, by running through a couple of other players that we maybe haven't mentioned too much uh, today, Sam. Uh, I want to start on that front with uh, Romeo Lavia because he's been yeah. added to the Champions League squad. Um, what does that What does that mean? Is that significant in any way? Yeah, well, it's interesting because, I mean, obviously there's the B list and any anyone who's been at City or any club for more than two years can be on that B list anyway. So I remember Ian Acho, when I first started covering City five or six years ago, he'd only just come in, but obviously he was really promising. So they had to add him to the squad, but it was very full anyway. So I think one year they took, did they take Torre out? Maybe that was when Pep came in to add Ian Acho in. And so, yeah, you need to be at the club for more than two years. And Lavia only came in last summer. Um, so Delap and McAtee and Palmer, because they've all been there years, 
to more or less a degree. And, and Luke Mbete, he's been there since under-12s, I think. So so they're all on that B list. And if they need to play in the Champions League because of an emergency crisis or COVID outbreak, or they can do. maybe City qualify with two games to spare, they can all play. That's all fine. Um, so I think basically they've just given Lavia that same opportunity because City have got, it's a 21-man squad, so it's not full, full. Um, you know, part of that is because Foden doesn't have to be on it because he's homegrown. Um, so yeah, um, they've basically afforded him the same opportunity that Mbete, McAtee, Palmer, and and Delap will get. And you know what opportunity is that? Well, if they qualify with two games to go or one game to go, in Leipzig's the last um, group game. And you know what? You know when City have played Shakhtar in December in recent years, they've played a very kind of just different squad, team. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so I remember there was Zagreb a couple of years ago when there's been Shakhtar twice, possibly. So it's now Leipzig... Every, all years, through. every year since the, the yeah, year exactly. dot, yeah. Exactly. So now if, if City get through, then, you know, they, they might be able to play some of these younger kids. Although when I remember Zagreb was still a pretty strong team. I remember Jesus scored a hat-trick and Foden did play, but it was still a pretty strong team. I think Garcia played as well. Um, but yeah, so we it means we might see Lavia if City are already through and, and they rest players um, just before Christmas. But other than that, he, I think he's just been afforded the same opportunities as the others. So yeah. he might be involved in the, in the bigger travelling squads if there's nine subs, but he, even so, pro- pro- probably not, pro- pro- probably not as long as everyone's still fit. But it, what it is, is a sign of how much they rate him. So again, it's difficult to say, it's difficult to give an example, isn't it? Because it's like, you say, oh, they really rate him. Oh, but someone else can say, oh, well, he's not going to play. But again, it just goes back to what we said at the start. The bar is incredibly high, but they've got so many really good players. And not just that they've got really good players, but the best way to develop them is to have them around and give them the opportunities if they arise. And like, it's just it's just how it is. So yeah, having Lavia in the squad is that, basically. Is that, yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, the Brazilian that's joined, uh, whose name I'm not 100% sure I can pronounce because I've only <laughs> ever seen it written down. Is it Keiki? Well, yeah. Funny. I, so... We got Jack Lang, who who writes for us, and his wife's Brazilian, and he's you know he speaks Portuguese perfectly, I think. Um, and he was like, "People aren't calling him Cakey, are they?" And I was like, <laughs> "Oh God!" <laughs> I was like, "I was like, oh God, what idiot would say that?" But I was like, "Well, what else? How else would it be?" Even though I speak a tenth of Portuguese, you know, I, I could I could get by, but I, I saw it and just thought, "Well, Cakey," but apparently it's like Kaiki. Kaiki. Well, the way no, he was explaining sense. it to me, yeah, because so I, you know what Brazilians they quite they kind of play fast and loose with names, don't they? In Brazil, yeah, yeah. So he, the way he explained it to me, it was kind of C A I with kind of the the double dot, the um, no, um, not the not um, the double um, dot, no, not even an umlaut, just like an apostrophe, but the wrong way around. It's called like a, a teal in Spanish. Anyway, C A I with a little inverted apostrophe above it, uh, Q U E. So that would be like. Kaiki. Kaiki, but I think I think the spelling or the nickname or whatever has got away from that spelling, but it's basically the same pronunciation. Right. So yeah, okay. That. Okay. So that that's that that's one thing. The, the next thing, Sam, yeah. is uh, this is going to show up my uh, lack of knowledge of, of South American football because this is a team that I've only ever seen written down as oh, well, right. so I've never pronounced it. Fluminense. Well, I think it's just Fluminense. 
Fluminese. Okay. I think for whatever reason, the end. I, I I think it's just Fluminese. I might be wrong on that. I don't know. But I've always just thought it was it was Fluminese. But everyone just calls them flu anyway. So let's go with flu. Okay. So um, so player so, from yeah. flu. Um, yeah. <laughs> joined in City. Uh, he's he's joined earlier than uh, than uh, was anticipated because of his, his uh, I think you were saying his game time has uh, has dropped at uh, in. in um, uh, yeah. Over there, um, yeah. th- this this is very similar uh, in the way that Jesus moved to City. Except he didn't move early, did he? He came in the January. It was the end of their season. Yeah, which they would have done anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like if if he had carried on playing for for flu, then then he would have. Um, and yeah, so this is the interesting thing because I think one of the reasons people and I hope a lot of people listen to this because you know they like the academy and they're very interested. But every club's fan dreams that you know, one of the academy players is going to make it. Whether it's for the romantic element or just because, I don't know, people get excited by young players. And obviously this season, now Kane's not signed. Everyone's hoping that the lap's going to come through and have like a, a storybook season and score 20 goals. And, you know, maybe that's unrealistic, not just of the lap, but of anyone. But we've always got such high hopes. And then especially when you bring in a young player from abroad. And now with City, people know generally if they bring in a young player who's 18, 19 from like Serbia or even Argentina or wherever, we know they're probably going to go out on loan. They're going to be CFG players. They're probably never never even trained with City, let alone play. And they'll get sold for a few years down the line when they need to make a bit of profit and, and you know, buy somebody for the first team. What, what's um, in, what Zinchenko should have been, but, but, but accidentally exactly, wasn't. Zinchenko. Yeah. <laughs> And like Claudio Gomez is the only other one I think that um, has has made a, a proper appearance because you know there was some in preseason this year with Gerard Moreno and stuff and Jan Kuto maybe um, but yes it's very rare and yeah we've talked about Zinchenko's path but basically that and people know now that if a player comes in like that not to expect too much um, but obviously with Kaiki that's not the case everyone knows he's going to be a bit more involved with City. Um, but also you've got the Jesus kind of parallel where he came in and obviously did especially well in his, his, his first few months. Um, and people are obviously hoping that's going to be the same. Um, and now as far as I know, he's going to train with Pep's team. Um, I don't, I've not heard about a loan. Maybe there'll be a loan, but I think the kind of expectation at the moment is train with Pep's team, probably play some under 23 EDS matches, you know, just, you know, why not? You know, get used to to settling in, playing matches in England. Obviously, it's not the best prep, though, is it? Um, so maybe a loan would make sense there. Um, but yeah, so that's the idea. Train with Pep's team, probably play a few under twenty three games. But if he plays really well, and maybe he won't play under twenty threes at all. If he's amazing, maybe Pep's. Oh God, we got to get this guy into the first team. But having talked about Lavia there and being named on this Champions League squad. Now, I'm not sure if there was another reason why this couldn't be the case with Kaiki, but he obviously wasn't named in that Champions League squad. So, uh, look, maybe it, maybe it's just he wasn't officially at the club. Maybe he couldn't physically be registered, or maybe they're just not expecting him to be at that level yet. Do you know what I mean? Maybe, yeah. maybe they're just not expecting an 18-year-old from Brazil to be of the level yet, where he can even be on the Champions League squad as a let's wait and see. And maybe, maybe they are thinking alone would be better but uh, initially at least yeah come come and play train 
do some of the 23 games and, and, and take it from there. Yeah. So um, we don't know too much yet, but it's, it's basically all up in the air. They, they need to have a look at him and see how good he is. Yeah. Um, final words uh, for this show. We've touched a little bit on James McAtee, but um, also uh, Sam yeah, Adozzi. Probably, probably deserves yeah. more. Um, Sam Adozzi was in the uh, Community Shield squad. Luke and Bette, I wanted to I wanted to get some thoughts as well. So th- those three names, um, what's, I mean, uh, McAtee, people are raving, raving about him, aren't they? Yeah, well, I mean, the thing with Mbappe is um, it's more kind of belief of how good he is from within the academy because I don't think City have seen too much of him. Obviously, City fans, sorry. I probably would have seen him a bit in um, in the academy games. But obviously, it's easy to see players when they're scoring goals. So Mbappe obviously played in the, in the Youth Cup final, so people would have seen him, but not hugely. You know, he's not got that big a footprint. But why I keep talking about him, and I think why he probably gets talked about in... By the, some of the other publications that maybe talk about City's youth team is because he's just so highly rated within the club. Um, a centre back they got when Brentford closed their academy, he came at under 12s, I think it was. Um, and they got at the same time as City got Perveda, who's now at Leeds. So yeah, he's really highly rated, really good ball playing centre back and you know, big, strong, quick. So he's got a lot of the the attributes you'd want. And he was supposed to be involved in pre-season, but um, he, he got injured. So unfortunately he couldn't. But yeah, so he's one to keep an eye on. Uh, and yeah, you've got you've got McAtee as well, who two hat-tricks. Like he scored in the under-21s Papa John's trophy as well against Gunthorpe, but two hat-tricks, including the last-minute winner against Blackburn and the other hat-trick was against United. And like the first goal against Blackburn was, was kind of a good kind of poke poked in kind of one-on-one finish the rest were proper either composed one-on-one finishes or like placing it in the top corner or half volleys across goal into the top corner through the goalkeeper's hands admittedly but really good goals and he's he's absolutely flying at the minute absolutely flying and yeah hopefully he'll be able to play in the league cup against Wickham at the end of the month um and that's on the same night as one of those Papa John's games so it's one of those where, which actually happened against Burton a couple of years ago, where City took for the away game of Burton a few young players who didn't, some of the, which didn't actually get on. And the same night, the City played um, uh, the EFL Trophy game, which wasn't called the Papa John's then, um, on, the, on the same night. So they couldn't play in that game. So I suppose the way that the City Academy are looking at it is, if McAtee goes with Wickham, then the under 21s are missing one of their best players. Yeah. But then it gives opportunities to, you know, players from the under 18s who are doing well. And there's a few of them. Um, there's a guy called Mohamedou Shoshosho who keeps getting mentioned to me. And that's kind of, whenever that was mentioned to me, I'm like, how, how the hell am I going to spell that? <laughs> um, but he, he's, he's eligible for, for England. And he's eligible for Spain. I think he's been with Spain during the international break and he's doing really well. Um, he's kind of similar to, to Lavia. But yeah, so basically, hopefully we'll see McAtee Probably, to a lesser extent, I would imagine Mbete just because of the, the centre-back situation that City have got against Wickham and maybe Lavia. But again, you know, if Fernandinho doesn't play, then it'll be Rodri and, and vice versa. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. And obviously there's still Palmer as well. So Palmer's kind of a step ahead of the others, I think, in terms of his first team exposure. Um, but it, we can't take our eye off him. You know, Palmer's going to have to play in these games if he wants to have a similar kind of path to... To Foden, so yeah, it's it's exciting, and I'm looking forward to that Wickham game just to to see who does play. But I'm, you know, I'm sure it'll be a pretty strong team. But it would be nice if there was a a, a Palmer in there for sure. I would really like to see it, McAtee, but like we say, we, we can't take our eyes off Palmer either because he's yeah. a top player. So 
Just, uh, just going to finish on Palmer because um, he broke. I'm fairly sure I haven't, I haven't checked this out, um, which I know is dangerous ground already for mentioning something like this in terms of trivia. But I'm fairly sure uh, when he came on uh, the other week, he against Norwich, I think it was, wasn't it? Uh, he broke the Premier League record for the uh, highest shirts, uh, highest shirt number of a squad member. Oh, a Premier League record. Yeah, I think okay. I, I think what, what I think he? eighty. I can't, I can't eighty. Eighty. I think that's the highest number that the Premier League has ever seen. Not the League Cup and, and things has had so many youngsters in through the years. Mm, half of the Premier I, League. Yeah, I think Premier League yeah, only. Possibly. I think I think he's got the record because it was up until that point a previous City player. Do you know who it was? Well, we did a similar question when we did that um, prostate cancer UK quiz earlier in the year. Um, I think it was my question. I, I was seeing if you were remembering. Oh right, and I can't. I couldn't remember at the time if it was Harwood Bellis or Alex Garcia. Uh, I'm going to go with Howard Bellis. Uh, well, I, I had Jose Pozo had 78. Oh, uh, okay. Back under Pellegrini. There we go. Sli- the, the might, maybe maybe slightly details. before your time. Yeah, maybe slightly before your time. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I'll let you off. Uh, right. So that's not, not there's any excuse. Yeah, that, that brings us to the end of this week's Wire Weasels. Thanks as ever to Sam Lee. Yeah, thanks very much. Hope you found that insightful and interesting. Good, good. Uh, We'll be back next week after the game with Leicester and ahead of the Champions League opener with Leipzig. You can imagine that the Champions League might get a bit of an outing next week. Uh, You can sign up to The Athletic right now with a 33% discount. Just use the code MANCITYPOD. The Athletic.